Today's episode of Dipping Milk and Cookies is brought to you by A Gentleman's Outlook. Alright, welcome to another awesome episode of Dipping Milk and Cookies. The podcast where two best buds try to figure out this thing we call life using friends, guests, and you guessed it, microphones. Guys, I am your host, Garrett, the Cookie Commander Smith. With me, as always, my co-host and partner in crime, the master milker, Michael Segovia. You goddamn right. And today we are joined by uh, one of the OGs, one of the oldest of OGs. Uh, our good buddy, Mr. Mike Borden from uh, Mike Michael Borden Racing. Uh, what's up there, friend? How you doing, buddy? Good, good. Yeah, Glad thanks for you. coming. Thanks for being here. We've talked about this for quite some time now, so I'm really glad that it's actually come to fruition where we actually had time to sit down and actually get this done. Because I know you're a busy guy, we're busy guys, at least I'd like to think so. <laughs> but uh, again, thank you for being here. Um, Mike, I, you know, normally we would kind of talk about our weeks. Mm-hmm. I kind of already have a feeling I know how these weeks are going. So we're just going to gloss over that and we're going to jump right into the questions of the week. Now, uh, how this works, I'm sure you've probably noticed on our, on our social media pages, we'll ask questions just throughout the week, oh, yeah, get yeah. Peeper, people's, peepers, people's feedback, and then we kind of go over and answer the questions ourselves. Usually a good time, some good laughs to be had. So first question and this is a question from Joe, uh, a gentleman's outlook, our sponsor, gentleman's outlook, Joseph. He asked, "Would you rather be patient zero, the being the first person to be infected and cause the zombie apocalypse, or be the last surviving human on Earth?" Mike. Um. There's a <clears throat> show on Sci-Fi. I can't remember what it's called, but the dude gets bit, but he has the cure in his blood. So they had... Uh, Isn't that Zombie Nation? Yeah, Z Nation. Nation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd probably take my chances at that, because, I mean, once you're alone, you're alone. So you'd want to be patient zero. Yeah. Will Smith, I am legend. Well, he's the last surviving human. See what I mean? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. See, what's your answer? Do you want to be the first zombie, or do you yeah, want to be the be, last uh, person? Oh, so I, yeah, I automatically become zombie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If I could. Okay, Mike. Uh, <laughs> would you be patient zero or the last surviving human on Earth, my friend? I don't know. That's a tough one. At first, I was thinking last human, but I think Mike brings up a good point. Being the last one, being lonely, that might be a little rough. No doubt. No doubt. I definitely am picking last human. Because I'm, I, it's going to suck because yeah, you're lonely. I'm already fucking lonely, so it doesn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if I was lonely and I had fucking free free whip on everything, everything. I mean, yeah, you got to watch out for some zombies, but, you know, pat, pat, put those down real quick. And then you move along. Just have free reign on everything. I'd go to buildings that I'd never be allowed into and just be like, oh, this is what this shit, like, this is boring shit. Be like the guy that sat back in, uh, what's her face's desk during the... Um... What the insurrection? Yeah. The dude in what's at Pelosi's desk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just puts his feet up. <clears throat> Fucking madman. I'm surprised. I really am surprised that more people haven't been caught or black bagged for that shit. But whatever. We're not talking about that. Uh, so we got a couple of zombs and the last guy standing for sure. Uh, let's see here. Chris Olkey, reflection of flesh's own. He said last <laughs> go full Rambo on them weak ass zombies. And then it's just a gif of Rambo, like, popping up out of the water. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, let's see. Jesse, Mike's sister, first, because then I'd go jump off a bridge and not infect <laughs> humankind. I read that comment, and I immediately thought, like, that's very noble. That's very noble. But, like, Jessica, you got to remember, when you die, you're going to come back as a zombie. You're going to get reanimated no matter what. So, like, you jump off a bridge... Okay, good and well, you're dead, but you're still gonna rise from the dead and go bite some people. But I can understand, it's a good, it's a, uh, what's the right? It's a good thought process. Yeah, it's the uh, thought that counts, that's what I was trying to think of. The thought that counts, it's very good. Uh, Candy, 
you said last because I need to be there in case my son doesn't end up the last survivor. I would not want him to roam this earth in limbo as a zombie, always hungry and forever dying. Again, that's pretty gnarly. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking way deeper than I thought it was going to get. But that's yeah, also yeah, very really understandable. Weird. I don't, I mean, I don't have kids, so like. I did, but I didn't, kids, yeah, like yeah, I, no. I didn't even think about it like that. I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, I know exactly. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Shame on me. Brain on. Huh? I said shame on me. Yeah, shame. Uh, would you rather go back to the age of five with everything you know now or know now everything your future self will learn? So you understand what I'm saying? So, Mike, you answer first. I'd rather go back to five. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> no hesitation. <laughs> yeah. Well, my life's pretty cool right now. No, no, no. Let's do this again. <laughs> Let's, yeah. run Let's run it back one more time. Now I got shit straightened out. I know when to say no. I know when to fucking say yes. I know when to get out of bed. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would definitely agree. Go back. And like, <clears throat> granted, you know, life right now is, is pretty crazy. You know, coming out of the pandy and just how everything affected and how that affected everything. You know. Is it ideal? Nah, not really. But is it still very doable and manageable and enjoyable? Yeah, fuck yeah, absolutely. So it would be hard to say goodbye to to the you know potential that that I'm looking at, that we're looking at. <laughs> but at the same time, I've made too many mistakes in my life, I, and especially if I had the playbook, like if it was Back to the Future, I had the almanac in my back pocket, like shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm most definitely yeah. going back for Same. sure. I, I'd, <laughs> I'd go back and reset so much because mm-hmm. you can, you can do so much. That's what I'm saying. But like when, we've we've all grown up. Like, I mean, us two more so than you. <laughs> we definitely had some fucking hard knocks growing up. And yeah, if I could go back and just know, like, wait a minute, I've been in this room before. I have to leave right now. I have to get out of this room right now. Peace, guys. Later. Have a good night. Don't do that. <laughs> leave and then leave. Like, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. Oh uh, no, no, you're good. I definitely agree. So it's unanimous across the board. Definitely going back to the age of five with everything we know now. Uh, let's see, Joe from a gentleman's outlook. He said, "Neither. I can trace my adult life to a single. I can trace my. Joe, come on. I can trace back my adult life to a single starting point through the butterfly effect." I don't want to go back and potentially change anything, nor do I want to know how my story ends. I've got a feeling it's going to be a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> and that's awesome optimism. That's always cool. Because who knows? There's been some crazy shit that's happened just with some of the people that you know I know. Yeah. It's just like never in a million years. Like, what? You're doing what? Wrote a book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on the New York bestseller list, man. Shut the fuck up. People no, are didn't. paying to read your <laughs> bullshit? Uh, Liz, she said, go back to being five. As super lame and douchey as it sounds, the mystery of every day is too much fun. I don't want to know what shitty things are going to happen, which also brings up the question, what do you do with that future information? Do you try and change situations or actions to have a better outcome? Also, as a five-year-old, Am I expected to work, or am I back to living rent-free? <laughs> Obviously, I mean, you go back to being five years old, you're not paying shit, you're not paying any bills. I mean, if you, you think pay. about the possibilities, <clears throat> you go and you invest into Apple and Amazon before they really got big. That's what I'm saying, it's full back soon to the future. Bitcoin starts yeah, coming it's like up. you have the almanac, you have the uh, sports yeah. almanac. Buying all the Bitcoin for three cents. Dude, yeah, sure, Dude, right? buying, buying all of it, all of it, all of it. All Sorry, of you it. can't do that. All right, I'll give you five cents, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah, give it to him. Give it to him. And then, boom, yeah. That... <laughs> oh, man, if if only, if only. But if it's for fifths, we'd all be fucking shithouse wasted. So let's move on. Would you rather travel the world for a year on a shoestring budget or stay in only one country for a year but live in luxury? I'm going to answer this one first. I'm staying right in fucking one spot. Especially if I can pick that spot. I'm going to sit in that one spot and I'm going to live like a fat cat for a year. Which, which sure. place would you pick? That's not the question. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's, a, that's an even more difficult question. Honestly, I'd probably want to go to like... Uh, 
maybe like New Zealand or like uh, or like Fiji. Something, just something super exotic. You're going to be there for a year. I'm just going to fucking party hardy. And especially if I got if I got some fucking coins in the bank, like you're living in luxury. Hell yeah, dog. I'm going to the fucking warmest spot with the warmest sand and the warmest water. And I'm going to fucking get it in for a year. That's what I'm doing. That's just me. What about you? Um, <clears throat> I think it would be interesting to, to travel on a... Shoestring budget. Um, what the fuck do we live on shoestring budgets, man? I know, but then to travel <laughs> on one. Yeah, fair like, enough. Like, uh, for Jenny and I, not to worry about the kids, to where we can say, uh, we can just go here, go here, go mm-hmm. there, go there. Yeah. But, you know, it's all the bare minimum. But, but that's the ultimate prize. Dude, I got a couple of buddies right now, like, a couple from Friends Dinner mm-hmm. that are literally walking the Appalachian Trail. Just quit their jobs. Said, we'll be back in six months. We're going to go for a walk. <laughs> and literally packed up the Jeep, drove to the spot. It was just like, later. And, then- and it's so fucked up. I feel so bad for pa- Papers. Oh, God. He, like, literally almost lost his eyeball. <laughs> like, literally, like, a month into it, evidently, they were hiking through some you know, some dense, you know, trees and one of the branches, like, tip, you know, you do that thing your friend used to, like, give a wank, you let it go and it snaps back, that happened, but it went straight into his eyeball. Uh, but now he's rocking a really sick-ass eye patch, I'm not gonna lie. It's like the Nick Fury kind of, like, it's pretty cool, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie. If I, dude, if I was in that situation, I want the coolest goddamn eye patch I could find. I'm definitely getting a pirate one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, some of the sort. I'd get the one from Harry Potter with the eyeball on the outside. It looks around all goofy. <laughs> and now what was Mike's answer? Yeah, I was going to say, Mike, what would you do? Shoestring budget or living in luxury in one spot? Uh, if I could live at a racetrack, I'd take that all day. Okay, well, there you go. Okay, which racetrack? That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Again, I that's, that's not the question. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> I don't know what it is about uh, the, the the Grand Prix course at fucking Monte Carlo. Like, I don't know if that's just from a movie or not, but like, dude, those those racetracks, I know it happens. I mean, yeah, they'll be like, shut down Carlo. the streets for that one. Exactly. Literally, will shut down like the city and just be like, shit out of luck today, guys. You gotta walk <laughs> yeah. around. <laughs> dude, it's, I, I can see the store right there. Like, you can't cross the street. Why? <laughs> fucking cars going buck 80 just dipping by you. That's what some fasties ever, yeah, you've ever gotten in your, uh, in your Mazda. Honestly, I think I've gone faster in my Corsica in high school. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it may seem faster. It's bigger than the because, corners. Because that thing was just a boat that just was not meant to go fast. But yeah. in, your, in your Mazda, like, what's the fastest you've, uh, you've pushed? I think uh, it's like 125, 128. Damn. That's crazy. Like, that's, that's already fast. Like, mm-hmm. that buck and a quarter, like, that's fast just to begin with. But then you throw in the variables of like, hey, there's another guy going like 130 <laughs> right here next to me, and we're yeah. trying to we're trying to get to this corner first. I'm I want to get there first so that I can fucking make this. Like, whoa, wow. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Uh, so live in luxury in one spot. Yeah, it's a good answer. I mean, it's it's the answer. Come on, dude. I'm done enough struggling in my life, man. I'm, <laughs> I want to go. I want to go enjoy a little bit, man. For sure. Uh, you got it over there. All right. Yeah, I was just blowing it, so I didn't. Everywhere, right, totally. Uh, <laughs> Fine, I was like blowing in the clouds, <laughs> yeah, right? Clouds, bro, fat clouds. Okay. Uh, Liz, again, she said budget. I uh, can't be pimping all over the world without sucking a little D. <laughs> <laughs> and then she posted a gif of fucking Chappelle when he's the black pimp, or when he's the pimp, black pimp, when he's the pimp, and just says, good God. Liz is like literally the best at answering these questions. She always comes with the most proper answer. So Liz, we love you for that shit. Keep doing that. I think she is our number one listener. Probably. Probably. Thank at you. least number one commenter. <laughs> yeah. Uh Kenny Lore. He said neither. Uh I don't understand that. Like the same guy so, from last week that said not participating. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna participate. <laughs> Who are you fucking comment for then, Ken? Uh, Jess again she said budget I don't know what is with people the budget thing like I get it you want to travel around sure sure but like but think alright you and the loved one you can afford to go on this trip 
but you're not staying at like a five star. You're gonna stay at a, a two or three star. You're gonna stay in a fucking tent. What are you talking? It's a shoestring budget. And you're trying to go around the world. And you're gonna be in a hotel yeah. every time. No. Yeah, dude, you can do work. You can do side jobs, all that stuff. Yeah, no, you are right. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. But I'm on vacation. I'm traveling. I'm not trying to do any fucking work. That's there's a me. That's just me again, personally. Well, if you're on a, you wouldn't be able to really travel anywhere then. One, you could go one. I'm I'm talking about the shoestring. Okay. Like you could only go to one place then. Well, no, I mean, with a shoestring budget, if you're willing to sacrifice hotels and say, I'm going to sleep on the street tonight, I'm going to sleep in a fucking tent, I'm going to pitch out a blank, I don't know, you improvise. I'll just take one of my uh, cheap flights to one of your guys' fucking luxury houses. (laughs) (laughs) Or there, there you go, just have a good network, man. Uh, all right, so yeah, let's uh, let's move this along here. Those are some good questions, some good feedback, we appreciate everybody's comments. Let's uh, let's take a quick sponsor break, and then we will jump into the good stuff. Be right back. No matter your preferred style, every man has the ability to be a gentleman. A gentleman's outlook only uses USDA organic ingredients in their handmade soaps, beard balms, lip balms, and solid cologne. They've also taken a step further than their competitors by using an all-eco-friendly packaging with all of their products. Right now, our listeners can get 15% off their entire order with the code DMC15. Be sure to swing by a gentlemansoutlook.com to order now. All right, and welcome back. Let us jump into the meat and potatoes of the episode, guys. Like I said, we are joined by Mr. Michael Borden from Michael Borden Racing. Somebody who lives the life or lives the motto, life is short, go fast. Uh Obviously, you can find him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Michael Borden Racing. Uh, Mike, again, it's awesome that you're here and that we can finally fucking do this. Because we have been talking about this for, I don't know, six months at at least. least. Yeah, Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, again, thanks for being here. I just randomly one day messaged them, like, hey, you want to be on the podcast? (laughs) Yeah, and it fit perfectly, too, because, like, why the fuck not, man? Like, obviously, we have an audience, but it's not the grandest audience. Yeah. But at the same time, it's still going to bring some eyeballs over to your socials and, you know, to have people check you out. Uh, If you guys don't know... Uh, Mike here is a, I would like to say, semi-professional uh, race car driver, man. Like, he is, you're on the track <laughs> uh, to, to be in one of those those pro guys where you can kind of say, this is my job, this is what I do, this is how I make my living. And that is so exciting, so exciting. I love that shit. I love that shit, man. Like, when it comes to, when it comes to extracurricular activities... Especially ones that you invest so much time and money into, you know, when when there's an op- actual real world possibility that you could actually get some money back, like, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah it's, keep it's doing a crazy that. feeling, dude. Yeah, it's, crazy. Crazy. it's nuts. So, uh, so Mike, obviously, when did you obviously when did you start racing? When was they? When was like the decision when you you said like, hey, this is what I want to do right now. I want to try this. Uh, I can't remember the exact year, but probably. Thirteen or fourteen, I decided I wanted to go racing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did some some autocross at, at Miller Park in the parking lot over there oh, yeah. at the Prince of Brewer Stadium. Yep, yep. Um, I did that for a few years while I saved up some money to, to be able to actually go wheel to wheel racing. And then it was I think two thousand seventeen when I got my racing license. Nice. So you actually have to have like a oh yeah specific yeah. license to do that. Yeah, like Gran go Turismo. Yeah, more or less. The tests are a little different, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, there's there's all, all the clubs run their different schools, or there's, like, private schools okay. that you can go to. Okay, so, like, obviously the license, the licenses, they have, like, different tiers, or is it just, like, once you get it... More or less, like, the... So there's a local club called Midwestern Council. Okay. And it's a bunch of little clubs that formed, and they all run their own events. And, like, if you have that license... You can't really do much else with it other than race there, but like if you have an SCCA license, it'll it'll work there, kind of thing. So okay. it's all just there's kind of a hierarchy to all the different. So the SCCA, that's like the there's a racing mob. The SCCA <laughs> is probably the the most popular. That's the one you club want, right? in in America. Okay. NASA's pretty big too, but SCCA I think is a okay. Bigger. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, oh, fucking computer. So 
look, what, I know back in the day, like, guys, me and Mike, me, Mike, and Mike here, we go back, all the way back to high school, man. So, <laughs> that's why, like, what I, you know, I pay attention to social media to some extent when it comes to, like, my, to my older friends and stuff, but, like, I don't take too much time to, like, do the, the deep dives and everything like that, but, like, you just consistently kept popping up, kept popping up, and it was just like, I'm at this racetrack, I'm at this race, okay, I just qualified for this, I just won that, and it was just like, you know, you paid a little bit more attention, and then this last year, um, obviously with COVID, that, that was a whole fucking can of worms that we don't need to get into, but, like, you were still making moves and clearly still <laughs> dominating, just whooping ass, which is also super cool, because, like, sure, you know, people can go and try to be a race car driver, people can try to go do it, but it's just like, are you going to be successful at it? That's the that's the deciding factor, in my opinion, and, like, you've been killing it as of late. So, like, how how does that... Hmm. How do I, how do I want to ask this question? How does that, like motivate you i suppose because like you really can't understand how to really win until you've like lost a couple of times i suppose so like yeah how does like a win especially like back-to-back wins what does that do for your motivation as far as like going forward not only motivation but your confidence level is just goes through the roof mm -hmm. your first win your confidence and motivation just skyrockets and mm -hmm. then you, your Buckle results win. generally as long as you keep that momentum going you, the results just keep coming and yeah coming for that the momentum part, yeah, so. yeah 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 because i dude i would imagine like if i were in those if i were in that situation if i won that first race just like yeah hell yeah I, but then i'd be like it was a fucking fluke i know i like that dude <laughs> lost it in turn three and i knew <laughs> i had him i had him like by a mile whatever there was a fluke, so I instantly would start to get self-conscious about it, but it sounds like you got that first win. It was like, no, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best. I'm going to win all this shit. <laughs> well, like last year, it started off at, at Sebring in Florida. Mm -hmm. I went all the way down there, never been there before, and the, there's a couple guys, you know, that are pretty quick, and they've been there. One one is a 15-time national champion. Of course. <laughs> I started, had a rough time in qualifying, ended up running them down and, and winning that race, and that just really... I was going in just like, if I can get a podium, dude, oh that, that would be awesome. And I ran him down and won both those races. So yeah, Bro, from there, I just carried it to the rest of the season. That's sick. That's so sick. That, and I can't even imagine, like, I, you know, you play, I play a show and it's just like, I get that adrenaline rush, you know, and, but it's just like, that's a, you're on a stage playing a show. Yeah. You're in a, in a vehicle, a vehicle going mighty quick, you know, around some pretty sketch ass turns. Not to mention, you got other people racing against you. Like, I can't even imagine how awesome that must have felt. Just like knowing, like, this is the guy. He's driving like shit right now, and I know I'm. I'm just waiting for him to slip because then I'm gonna, whoop, I'm gonna scoot right in there, and then just peace later. Like, how do you feel like when that happens? Because I, you've done, you've raced enough now, where like you know pretty, pretty, within some sort of level of certainty, I'm gonna win this race. I'm gonna. I'm, much, I'm, yeah. I'm either gonna win this race or I'm gonna just. I'm not. I'm gonna just bomb. I'm gonna bomb. So like, how do you like? How do you feel when that moment like dawns on you? You know, mid race where it's just like you've made a couple of laps now. You're kind of feeling the vibe of everybody else is driving. Okay, all right, all right. Let's do this shit. And then boom. And then you make your moves. I mean, for the most part, I pretty much take it lap by lap and. Even corner by corner sometimes, depending yeah. on what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, especially if you're out front and you kind of start getting a gap, then it's really just focus forward, don't pay attention to what's going yeah, on. No, no just, rear just hit your marks yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and put it laps kind of thing. So. Wow, that's so wild. That's so cool. <laughs> I knew you liked racing games back in the day, but I never knew. I never, <laughs> knew never knew it would have fucking well, pawned out into this, dude. kind of where this all started. I built a racing simulator on my computer. That's what I'm saying, and man. I did that for a few years, and then I was doing well. And I was like, I want to go do this in real life. Yeah, right, so, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's so cool. Video game people, <laughs> buy some video games, y'all. <laughs> I see you got some questions over there. Oh, yeah. How was the grind to get to this point? Like, the, the amount of effort you had to put into be where you are today there's a good amount so when i started racing i had pretty high expectations just mainly because of how well i did in in autocross and with the the simulation on the computer and all that stuff um didn't didn't quite have the results i wanted the first year but the, the race shop 
kept giving me a slightly better rental car and, and things <laughs> like that throughout in the second year they gave me the their top driver's old car from the last year and um went out that first year then i got my po first podium the first race and then that's kind of where it all just started snowballing from there that's so great dude that's so cool that's such a great adjective to use snowballing because that's what it seems like <laughs> oh, it's yeah. been happening bro like yeah. Well, in the, the prep shop I work with, Advanced Auto Sports down in Beloit, they uh, they let me work for them, so I build up some credits and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And they, he's been referencing me for, for the other drivers for coaching and stuff when they ask about a coach. and So we have a pretty good symbolic relationship just helping each other out. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Thing, so. That's fantastic. That's so cool, dude. <sighs> nice, nice. Um, why Mazda? I mean, aside from like being the you know, the, the car of the shop, so to speak, but, um, so it's basically it originally started with spec Miata is like the most competitive, probably in all of racing, mm -hmm. even it's, mm -hmm. it's super competitive. And I always just wanted to go see how fast I was. I wanted to go race the best of the best. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I kind of did some research on that and I got into that and then I realized too, um, they're just, they're fairly cheap to build, they're cheap to maintain, and Mazda has a really good program. You can get, it, once you're racing a Mazda and you have results, you get an account through them and you can basically get the same pricing on parts that you can, the dealership pays for parts. Oh, that's tight. Oh. So, any, yeah. any, whenever you break something, whenever you go on the website and just Boom. order a part, right you there. get it way cheaper than going you know, down to the parts store or yeah. whatever. Um, and they also have a really good contingency program. So last year in my class, they gave out uh, six hundred dollars for every win, which is like uh, okay. most car manufacturers don't have any. They don't give you anything, yeah. So it's they they just support the the grassroots racer and kind of uh, have that whole ladder system too to try to get you up into the pros to try to find drivers and stuff. So that's fucking tight. That's tight. That's awesome. And and dude, honestly too, man, if you if you had good mechanics who know how the engines work, that like really know the dynamics of the vehicle. Oh yeah, dude! You can make those little fuckers fast as shit. Yeah, no, these guys at the shop have been doing it for you know ten, fifteen years, mm -hmm. and they just know everything about those mm -hmm. cars. I've learned <laughs> so much just day, hanging out around them when they're troubleshooting <laughs> stuff. It's yeah. just crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah, I bet. Have. On the fly repairs and shit, just like yeah. no, 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 that's not gonna work. You gotta do it like this, and then it's just like, what the fuck did you just yeah. do? And okay, then, now it's working. Yeah, like, if something breaks, they pretty much always get you back out of the track. Right, get back in a fucking car. <laughs> yeah. So that's always a plus, too. Hell yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so it seems like 2020, again, was kind of like a popping year. Because uh, you've been at this for four years now. This like, is like my fifth year. Fifth year, okay. Start of the fifth, yeah. So it seems like 2020 was supposed to be uh, like a bigger-ish year. I mean, and that goes across the board for just about everything, you know, live entertainment, which, I mean, racing, oh, absolutely. definitely a form of that. Um, what was it like trying to stay racing, like, actively during the pandy? Well, at first, it was just, um, I went down to Sebring in January. Well, and to lead into all this, this had been, like, a something I had planned out when they, right, they announced the national championship at Road America like two, two, or I think it's two years before it happens. And I decided then and there I'm building a car. This is the goal mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so after Sebring went so well, then the next event in March down in Atlanta actually got canceled. And then it was just like, nobody knew what was going on. We didn't know if we were going to be able to go back racing at all. We mm -hmm. thought maybe the champion, the whole year would be wiped and my whole plan kind of went out the window and then mm -hmm. I'd have to try to do it at a different track next year. Just mm -hmm. being at Road America, the home track, I figured I'd have a better shot. A little at more it. of an advantage. Yeah. yeah. Um, but luckily with the COVID, you know, we're, we're in our cars. It's not a normal sport where you're, you're close That's to fair. people. So we were able to go back racing early. We, we went, I went down to uh, Gateway Speedway in st louis in uh june i think it was like the first week of june and then the race season like every all the tracks started opening back up and racing's getting rescheduled and the schedule went from like the whole eight month to nine month season condensed down into like four or five so it was just <laughs> races just constantly it felt like yeah, yeah. which was actually good though because it kept me in the car it yeah you keep that momentum going, going, and the going yeah and for that, sure so. absolutely that's awesome so is that what led to the uh super sweep award the beginning more or less so yeah the the super sweep consists of a, a hoosier tour national championship or championship the hoosier super tour a june sprints win and or 
any major racetrack win, I guess, and uh, the national championship race. So I ended up winning all three of those. All of them. <laughs> you can go ahead and well, say it. All of them. Yeah, I did win 13 for 13 throughout the year. Yeah, your last, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> How many times has that get set on the track? If you ain't first, you're last, man. Uh, I can imagine that's probably played out like a motherfucker, so I probably don't get to say that said that much. No, I prefer the shake and bake. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So how long is the actual season? So, I mean, the, for the SCCA, the Hoosier Super Tour, which was what I did last year, that kind of starts in January, and it goes, it ends then for the championship, which is like late September, early October. Um, but that's pretty much only if you're willing to travel all around the country, because obviously yeah. up here, like up here, the season just started um, last weekend was the first race up here for the, the regions up, up north. How'd so, you do? Uh, we were just testing out the car, so we were in a class that it's not fully competitive in, but I still got second. So, like second the first day, the third day, the second day after I pulled into the pits to take tire pressure during a full course caution. Ah, I can just imagine so. like, popping out of the car. He's like, hey man, top that off for me. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's so great. That's That's fantastic, dude. That just goes to show that it isn't a fluke that you're super talented at what you do because able to take a, a non-competitive car that you're just basically working out the bugs in and still like throw it down second place yeah that says a lot man in my opinion that says a lot so that's super cool uh when it comes to like your actual racing what kind of what kind of strategy i mean you know, i don't want to give any spoilers away here people to the, to the thousands of listeners that we have but uh, like, do you have like strategies? Do you have plans of attack? Like, I, obviously with certain racetracks that I'm sure that you've done multiple times, like, you know, okay, I know I need to be on the high side for this turn. I need to be braking, accelerating out on this, this bend or like whatever it may be. Is that all like, uh, like a mental road, road map that you have just like oh, burned into your psyche? Absolutely. I mean, different tracks have different places where it's better and easier to pass and other spots where it's troublesome and you just got to watch out for somebody making a mistake and mm-hmm. get caught up in yourself and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so there's a lot of that, like just going to tracks and building up that kind of stuff, the memory of that stuff. But then also, I mean, I try to go through different scenarios in my head, especially for the start of the race when you're all bunched up real tight. And uh, no matter how many you go through your head, though, normally when that green flag drops, they all go out the window and you just kind of... Mm-hmm. Go, 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 go. Split-second decision, hit it, hit it, left hit it, and right, yeah, just yeah. constantly. It's like pod racing, man. You're in <laughs> it, man. You're in there. Yeah. yeah. That's what's so cool about racing. Uh, that's what I like, especially Formula One racers, man. Those guys, Those guys are insane. they go so goddamn fast, and it's like you're going a buck sixty down to like 80 that fast, and then it's right, you just rip yeah. right back up. Yep. Dude, I... You have to have like fighter pilot like reflexes, response times to do that kind of shit. Oh, I mean, even, F1, even, absolutely, dude. Yeah, yeah, just racing in general, you have got to be on top of like everything. Situation, situational awareness must be like oh, a yeah. second it's... language to you because I can't even imagine. I'm pretty good at driving, but that's on residential roads. Just you know, like <laughs> I can't imagine going 90 miles an hour with like six other cars in like real close procession to me, and it's like. There's a 90-degree turn coming up in about an eighth of a mile, and I'm going pretty fast. This guy's going pretty fast. How do I do this? Like, to have that wherewithal, yeah. the, like, the, the, the sight to, like, kind of see past the turn. Hopefully this guy doesn't do this. Ah! And then yeah, and then you go for it, and, you know, when you make, you make some crazy moves. I'm sure that's actually my next question. What's the craziest move you've ever made to, like, pass somebody? Oh... Like, where you made the move and you, you pulled it off and you were like, even in the car, you were like, ooh, shit. <laughs> so, it would it would have to be the, the move I made to win the national championship race. Bad. I So, I was, a few laps in, I think I was, like, almost eight seconds down. And I started just putting in laps and I caught back up and I was, we, we came out of uh, turn three at Road America and there's a long straightaway into it and then it's like a really tight like 90 degree left corner um and i had a really good run out of the corner and i just went down the middle we went three wide i went down the middle both of them and came out ahead i had by that point i think my car was just way better on the brakes it's yeah. a lot lighter than theirs yeah. so i just yeah i got through there and took off and then that feeling because they were still too wide 
So then I kind of just uh, they're fucking kind of still fighting each peace other, and I'm later. just driving away all by myself. And <laughs> so that was I mean, that was only with like two laps to go too. So oh, I was man. just like, okay, I think that might have just yeah. won me the race. That's that's what I'm saying. It's those that's, moments where you yeah. make those certain moves during the race where it's just like, oh shit, oh yeah. <laughs> I got and this. I, I saw my great uncle at, at Christmas, and he's been racing around racing for over 50 years now. And okay. He he came up to me and he was just like, what. You didn't get protested. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you should have got protested. He's like, you can't do that move. That, That's, punk that ass move, move doesn't work there. Like, you're not supposed to do that. Fucking did it, didn't I? <laughs> Number one. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, can you tell us anything about your main sponsor? Uh, so my main sponsor is Coinergy. It's a subscription-based website that they basically mine all the data from all the different cryptocurrency exchanges. Um, so they actually store their own historical data in their database and then you can chart off it and go back and like they have a really high resolution of detail like I think it's almost down to like the minute or something so their charts are super detailed um, compared to just a lot especially compared to the free services and stuff but not only that you can if you have accounts on like if you do a lot of trading on different multiple exchanges you can link your account on Coinigy um, to multiple exchanges, so you can do all your trading through their one website. Oh, really? Yeah. Thank so, you for so, saying diff- it. Different, too. <laughs> different uh, exchanges have different coins. There's so many freaking yeah. cryptocurrencies out there now. Yeah. So, I thought it was is so the you gotta, if you way. want to be trading to this, you might need to change exchange count here or over yeah. here. Yeah, that's more his language. So you can do all those, and then there's a lot of there's a lot of charting functionality, and you can save your charts, load them, like draw all the lines you want load them on your computer and load them up on your phone so you can check it if you're out away from your computer or whatever. How long have they been sponsoring you? Since the beginning, more or less. I think the end of the first year we worked out a deal and they were on the car. Um, And then they've been supporting me heavily ever since. And I definitely could not be here as nearly as quick, especially without them. There's just no way. The the amount of support they've given me has given me a lot more seat time which has just allowed me to, to get up to speed a lot quicker. Grow, let's get grow good, a little yeah. bit more, yeah. Let's so everybody get, get said, good, you're baby. starting to, like, you're quick, you just, you need to be in that car as much as you can to keep Absolutely. building your skills. So yeah, I, yeah. I'm lucky that they were able to support me like that. That's dope. To do it. That's dope. Did you approach them at first, or did they approach you? Um, or a mixture of both? Kind of, it worked out, so it's actually my brother's company. Oh, okay. Um, so okay. It, it kind of worked out with a family deal. My grandpa okay. wanted to give me some money, and he was going to do some Northwoods firewood company that I don't even think was really doing anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give somebody, I'll put, put this on there. Yeah. So my brother ended up talking him into letting him put coins on the car okay. instead. And, okay. it, and uh, they, they liked what we were doing so they just kept kept, That's kept dope. doing it. That's awesome. The, the, the whole endorsement, sponsorship stuff, like I'm seeing that a lot with, uh, with my drummer. He's got I think four different endorsers right now and okay. I'm like... <sighs> Dude, when you do shit proper, when you do things the way you're supposed to do, especially with the endorsements on your, you know, on mm-hmm. your side, mm-hmm. life can become so much easier. Yeah. Like when they're when they're in your corner, because I've known plenty of musicians who have endorsements, and it's just like, you just get to put the label on your on your social media page. Like this guy's like getting paid. Yeah. yeah. To do things like, it's fucking madness. It's awesome. It's so cool. It's so cool. That's awesome. Um. Keep going, Mike. You're on a roll here. Uh, who is the most famous racer you've ever met? Um, oof. That's a good question. I don't really know. So, most famous racer or most famous person? Yeah, we'll Same, we'll change. We'll change it. I guess I don't know if I've really met him, but I have walked past Patrick Dempsey in the paddock quite uh-huh. a few times. Are his eyes dreamy? That's what the girls behind me were saying. <laughs> <laughs> I will suck his dick right now. Other than that, probably an actual, like, more just race car driver that's just known for racing. I, I don't know. I think I talked to, to Mr. Hobbs once. Uh, oh, Jerry, but very briefly, but he was doing, like, a book signing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> nice. That's, I don't know who that is. <laughs> David Hobbs? Oh, David Hobbs. Okay, okay, okay. Mr. Hot. I don't shit. Could have been Jason Statham. Yeah, yeah. And then my last one. Who's the biggest dickhead on and off the track? 
remember, they're not going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to know them, or is this just more of a opinion? Yeah, your opinion. Honestly, I, I don't really want to answer that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair. I'm going to see him again, eventually. <laughs> just in the off chance that that guy does Because I do have somebody in mind, but I already kind of got... Uh, off mic, off mic. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, I, we'll I already got recording. kind of that I... Yeah, we'll just leave it there. Yeah, off mic. <laughs> we'll do that off mic. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's keep the podcast moving along here. I, did, I definitely wanted to dive into, uh, into some of your racing history, and obviously, uh, we, again, like I said, we go back all the way to high school, so... It's it's so it's so fucking cool, Mike. I'm really really fucking proud. It may not mean much, but I'm really fucking proud of you, buddy. Well, it's thank you. it's really cool watching you watching you grow and progress uh, in the racing world. It's something else, man. Success, success. I like it. I like it. But uh, but yeah, let's move into our first segment of the week. It is our friendly neighborhood six pack. Okay, so how the six-pack works, uh, me and Mike come into this weekly in the blind. We either use questions generated from our listeners, or we come up with the questions ourselves, but we ask each other the top six favorite of anything and everything we can possibly think of. <sighs> Mike, do you want to go first, or shall I, my friend? Well, I did a race-themed one. Because, yeah, like I said, normally we would save the interview... To, to the end of the episode, but like we wanted to make it all one big happy family, so you're gonna answer the question too. <coughs> so that's that's slick. I like that, Mike. You go first then. Let Mike answer. All right. So who would be your top six professional drivers? Just ones you love to watch. Oh man. Trying to think of my own fucking list right now, guys. So probably, I guess, just because the series, the, the Pro Miata series, is so fun. Um, like Gresham Wagner and Jared Thomas and Michael Carter, all from there, are always up front and fun to watch. Um, more of like the top level pro racing, um, and there's just so many. It's hard to pick. If I had to pick one, oh man, I don't even know. I, <laughs> it's, it's just tough. There's every there, with sport car racing too. It's hard because every car has like two or three drivers in it, depending on the race and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, probably have to say something about Jordan Taylor, just because he's a hell of a driver and off the track, he's hilarious. He's got a lot of social media stuff that's funny. Um, Andy Lally and uh, Ryan Eversley are always fun to watch. Great guys too. Mm-hmm. And they've helped me kind of on my journey too. So. So these are guys, guys like obviously you've you know learned from, raced with, you know talked to. I mean these guys are more they're all at the pro level most of them. So I talked to them a little bit in the paddock or at the bar after at the end of the night mm-hmm. or end of the weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go to PRI the racing convention every year, so we run into guys there too. Okay. Um, but yeah, keep in touch on social media and stuff too. That's so, good. It's yeah, good. Never, you know, never when I went to the shootout last year, they they actually reached out to me a little bit, a couple of them. And, so, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. That sounded like six answers to me too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, to answer that, Mike. First off, uh, fuck you, because well, I, I can do everyone for you. Well, I mean, I know a couple. I was gonna say big time Ken Block, like that dude. He just like the precision drift shit. Like that's a, a, a talent un, un unto itself. In my opinion, like, it's impressive as shit. Like that guy's drifting ability. And yeah, he's, I've always it's like been. A ballet with a car. That's it's the perfect analogy. That's exactly it right there. Uh, ballet with a with a fucking big engine, <laughs> like just brap brap, and putting it on a dime. That's impressive as shit. But yeah, that's about all I got. So and, and okay, that's another question. Uh, what are your top six? Favorite food styles. Favorite food styles? Yeah. Uh, Chinese, Mexican. <laughs> um, anything barbecue, obviously. Um, food styles. Chinese, Mexican, barbecue. 
I mean, mom's mom's cooking. That's definitely a style for sure. There's only one fucking person on the planet that can do it. So definitely my mom's cooking. I'll throw my dad in there too because he could he could slow cook some shit like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> That's the first thing that came to mind. Was, it was this, a slow the, cooker? The, yeah. <laughs> it was the brats and the sauce. Yeah, the Italians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, God, those are so good. I'm so hungry right now, too. That's not helping. <laughs> um, Italian's good. And uh, definitely, like, um, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but, like, down south. Like, the, the food in New Orleans, man. Cajun. Cajun. There you go. Thank or you, sir. Creole. 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 Creole or Cajun. <sighs> Shit. Me and, me and my ex went to a place, I think it was like day two or three when we were in New Orleans, to get breakfast. Like, I can't eat, I, I, I probably gained like 15 pounds that trip. <laughs> we were there for five days. I probably gained like 15 plus pounds that week, because dude, <laughs> I was eating everything. And I'm not really too big on like seafood and stuff like that, but like, buddy, <laughs> and that food was so... Bomb. So bomb. Bombay. So yeah, there's my six pack. Uh, that's a interesting question. I like it. Alright, so again, we're going to go to Mike here for the first answer. Mike, give me your top six favorite childhood movies that still hold up today. So meaning movies that you used to watch all the time as a kid yeah, yeah, that yeah. you wouldn't mind watching now. Happy Gilmore. Okay. That's the easiest by far. Okay. Uh, Forrest Gump. Okay. Classic. I, I can't even... They're in there. You just he didn't watch fucking movies. He was out there on the track racing. <laughs> I was playing video We were games. fucking with them when, he were, when we were kids, man. We're younger. I'll just put Twister out there because my dad always had that Dude, on Dude, I literally... I woke up on the weekends. I told myself the other day, like, you have to watch Twister. Like, even if you have to rent it, you have to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, keep going, Twister. Wait, that's only three, That's isn't three it? of them. You're halfway oh, home. Halfway um, home. Home Alone. Naturally. I just didn't watch a lot of movies. I guess, I mean, Die Hard. I watched that Sure, movie. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Best Christmas movie ever. Ever, ever. Um, oh, one more. Um, we'll just go with oh, what's his what's his name? Any, anything with Harrison Ford. Okay, Air Force One. Air Force One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get Indiana Jones. Boy. All of those. I just watched Air Force One like two weeks think ago. Think there's another Indiana Jones coming out. There is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's honestly that's what me and Nicole would play fucking Lego Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. All right, cool. So, thank you for your six pack there, Mike. Uh, other Mike, top six favorite childhood movies that still hold up today. Thank you, Corey Carroll, for the question suggestion. By the way, um. First Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. Um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay. Alright. I, I, I mean, because like, I'm still into the, you know, the aliens and the conspiracies mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, it started somewhere, man. Um, that's another... Well, Jingle All the Way. I watch that movie every year for Christmas. Put the cookie down. <laughs> Those are my cookies. <laughs> Dude, Phil Hartman's the best in that movie too. Yeah, he's such a skis ball. Um, what was that three? Mm-hmm. Um, next good movie. The first Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, probably CKY2K. <laughs> That's a good one. Sure, sure, yeah. And then the last one, Independence Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on, 
Dude, yeah, I know. You always have that fucking hat on now. <laughs> Mr. America over here. You can always tell I always said it a couple episodes back because it happened like two episodes in a row where I, we, were, we were recording at his place like the last like month and a half, two months. And uh, <laughs> I'd show up, it'd be a nice day out, and he'd have his American flag tank top, the hat on. <laughs> just like the, the yard's just like lined with American flags. Like, you were doing some work today, weren't you? Yeah, do a little, do a little yard work, yeah, a little bit, just do a little cleaning up, and do some decorating. America, yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, that was nice. That was painless, and that, my friends, is the six pack for the week. All right, let's uh, move right along into our next segment, becoming a, f- a favorite of mine. Mike, what's this one called? The Master Milker's Mysterious Mysteries. Okie doke. So, how the Master Milker's Mysterious Mysteries uh, works, it's a segment that was made specifically for the Master Milker. Anything UFO, anything paranormal activity, anything conspiracy theory related... Mike is about that life, and I thought I muted that before. I did not. Let me do that real quick, and bada bing. So, uh, we wanted to make sure that Mike had an opportunity to let that little freak flag fly. So, uh, if you've been paying attention the last few weeks, me and Mike drafted our own monster squads from the uh, the cryptids, the Wisconsin cryptids. Uh, I had the Hodag... Um, it's right the, here. Those are just the descriptions of the... the no, monster. this is the stuff that I had oh. for my notes. Well, you're welcome, man. See why I was giving you copies? I'm glad I was prepared. Thanks. Me too. Good <laughs> <laughs> gotcha here. Uh, I had the Hodag, um, the Beast of Bray Road, and the Devil's Lake Monster. Mike, you had uh, Rocky the Rock Lake Monster... Um, the, Lake the, Winnebago, the Lake Winnebago Water Monster, Water Monster and, then and the, the Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. Okay, so week one was the Hodag versus the Lake Winnebago Water Monster. I'm going to go ahead and put that in a win column for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, week two was the Beast of Bray Road versus uh, the uh, Rocky, the, 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 Lake Rocky or the Rock Lake Terror. Yeah. Uh, week two, again, going in Garrett's win column. I am slightly concerned about this week just because... I, again, I found more stuff on your guy than on mine, and your guy sounds infinitely more badass. So, let's jump into it here. And we want you, Mike, to weigh in who you think. We're going to present our cases, our, our characters here. Theoretical fight happens. We want your opinion who you think would actually win, okay? So, the Devil's Lake monster, there, there's not much that can be found on, on a description other than like it's a sea serpent-esque kind of creature. Uh, much like an octopus, think of like the Kraken. Okay, there's been lots of uh, lots of reports of like things being pulled into water into the water by like tentacles. So think Kraken. Think uh, think uh, what was the fucking the lake? The yeah, Rocky the lake, Rocky Rocky the lake. He's a stupid fucking name, anyways. Rocky the Rock Lake Terror. Uh, think of that body, so like that, uh, that like eel with like the big huge fucking mouth, but he's got like the little T-Rex arms and it's just like an alligator, it's like a big ass alligator. Think Lake Placid, that huge fucking crocodile, that huge alligator, but instead of a crocodile body, it's an eel. Okay, like an electric eel. So it's just, think of that body, but somehow it has, (laughs) it has tentacles like an octopus. So that sounds pretty terrifying. In and of itself. What are you doing over there? I want to look that up. I'll actually... Trying to fucking double check my notes? No. What's going on here? In my notepad right now. (laughs) Um, That honestly is all I could find on the uh, Devil's Lake monster. And this is the first water creature that I've done uh, out of this whole fiasco. So I'm feeling even more pessimistic about my victory here. But I mean, I already got two out of the three, so... (laughs) Yeah, I... Don't know. I thought I was gonna get a lot more out of them, but I didn't. Out of what? Out of my characters that I chose. Oh no 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 yeah yeah. 
I mean, the Thunderbird, here, you read what you got. All right, so for the Thunderbird, this legendary creature is found in many North American indigenous people's histories and culture. (laughs) Uh, Each region of the state had their own versions of the cryptid. One tribe says the Thunderbird controls the upper world while the underworld is controlled by the underwater panther or great horned serpent. Yeah, yeah. So now this is what all I was saying about tying in is those great horned serpents could have been like rock, Rocky. the lake monster. And then, that was lake monster. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because this is that map that I was showing you. And how it's just like a straight line from Rock Lake to Juneau to Lake Winnebago. So uh, that's why I say that the Thunderbirds being in different tribes culture is because they would see them along that same path mm-hmm. and create the same story. Um, they, uh, the, I don't know, probably going to say this wrong, Ojibwe, Ojibwe. Ojibwe? Ojibwe? I can't see the word. Yeah. Oh, you had it right. Ojibwe. Okay, I wasn't sure. Uh, version of the myth states that the Thunderbirds were created for the purpose of fighting the underwater spirits. So again, fighting the oh, serpents. I got that in my notes too. They're considered the good guys of the, the monster realm. They come around. Yeah. Just like any other bird, any seasonal bird that come around in spring, just like, man, making sure everything's cool. Cause the trouble, guess what? Boom. Thunderbolt. Bam. Dead. All right, we're going to move south. It's getting cold. <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> uh, there's been <clears throat> pictures of Thunderbirds carved into sandstone walls at Twin Bluff in Juneau County by prehistoric artists. Um, American science history and folklorist Adrian Mayer and British historian Tom Holland I just think Spider-Man when I hear but uh, have both suggested that the indigenous Thunderbird stories are based on discoveries of fossils by the Native Americans yeah it's a lot of what I got in my notes too yeah so if you're if you're thinking about this now I'm I don't know why I'm making an argument for you but they're pretty badass, these Thunderbirds. Yeah. Theoretically, they're like I said, they're supposed to be the good guys. They're the, the protectors, essentially. They come around just to make sure everybody's not acting a fool. And if they are, guess what? We're going to shove some lightning bolts down your throat. And, you know, that's that's your problem then. Uh, fun little fact, though. The battle between the Thunderbirds and the supposed Devil's Lake monster mm. is what created Devil's Lake. Fun little fact. There was actually a picture in the article, one of the articles that I read, uh, where like the the ground it just looked more war torn, where like there were just shattered rocks all over the place instead of like the nice kind of like smooth stuff that we're used to now. Clearly, this is a couple hundred years ago, but like you never know, you never know. It's pretty crazy. Uh, I you know, again, being a water dwelling kind of monster, there's really not much you can do unless they're in the water with you sure if they're on the shoreline you know you might be able to get them or something but mm-hmm. they're thunder birds keyword bird swoop down and grab it. either yeah that was the other thing they're massive bird-like creatures strong enough to lift humans and carry them away yeah. so i mean fuck dude i, I can understand a, a sea serpent might be pretty big but not if you got a bird that can pick up a human being and just kind of carry them around where the fuck they want it's really not gonna make too much of a difference so you could also say, uh, say though that the Lake Winnebago water monster could just be a giant anaconda yeah we're talking that's old shit we're yeah talking about that. but that's my case for that guy that yeah, he could just that two weeks ago. come up to the little shoreline wait and get you grab you gotcha all done all dead totally I already won that week so it's okay well it's okay anyways we'll the birds the uh, massive bird <laughs> uh, yeah I mean I I hate to agree, and I hate to, like, throw myself under the bus, but I, the Thunderbirds definitely have to win this week, for mm-hmm. sure, because, again, strategically, they have uh, an advantage being airborne, you know, they they can be on the, on the land, they can come up and investigate, but they're not going to have the bird's eye view, so to speak, from the ground, so they have that advantage, 
Thunderbolts, I mean, it did say that, like, the water monsters, in retaliation to the lightning bolts, they could fucking chuck rocks. But these rocks essentially would end up starting water spouts, which then would suck the birds into the water spout, into the tornado, and then straight into the water. And and then that's when they would fuck them up. So that's a pretty cool counter move, I'm not going to lie. Kind of makes me want to go home and watch uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. That's a good one. I, dude, ever since you told me that that was like a universe. <laughs> <laughs> dude, but yeah, there was this big hype with King uh, with Godzilla vs. King Kong, right? Yeah. I had no idea. I thought it was just like a Godzilla vs. King Kong movie. And I was just mm-hmm. like, totally tight. I'm going to watch the shit out of that. But then somebody told me, he was just like, no, 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 no you got to watch all of them. And I was just like, what do you mean all of them? Like like newer, recently? Yeah, the, the, the newest Godzilla movie. So like the, the, the first Godzilla movie with Bryan Cranston... Uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, uh, Kong, Skull Island, um, and King Kong versus Godzilla. They're all, they're all one universe. And I had no fucking idea until, I don't know, a day before King Kong versus Godzilla came on. And it was just like, wait a minute, I should probably watch those other ones before I watch this one. Then I didn't watch all the other ones. I just, I've already seen Skull Island and I watched, uh, King of the Monsters and then I watched Godzilla vs. King Kong, which is a good movie. It's just entertaining. But yeah, I told him that shit, and I could see it in his eyes just like, <laughs> what? Really? That's all one, really? All one continuity? I'm like, yeah, bro. He's just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, hate to, I hate to concede to Mike here, but I think the Thunderbird has the advantage. I'm not going to say he would win, I'm just saying he has the advantage, Definitely the slight advantage. advantage. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, Mike, what do you think, bud? Def- definitely advantage. Yeah, I okay. Mean, just being up in the air, out of the water. Mm-hmm. That alone. Mm-hmm. Big advantage. Mm-hmm. Lightning yeah. bolts. Yeah. Yeah. You can make that, those water spouts or whatever, but that bird's just going to fly around them. Yeah, but shit, if you throw fucking three, four rocks, four <laughs> minutes. Well, you know, just dip on it and go away and they'll come back. <laughs> that guy's racing like shit. I'm going to go this way. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll chalk up week three, the final round to Mike's Thunderbirds. Had to give the guy one win. I don't just completely sweep him. Oh, that's. Where's my stuff? Oh, I suppose I don't need it anymore now. Yeah, that's through that. Uh, but yeah, that worked out rather nicely. I like that. We got to start doing more stuff like that. I don't want to keep doing the who would win thing, though. Yeah. Because that's an actual like niche of a podcast format. So. Uh, but we should keep doing stuff of the sort, so to speak, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We got here. Yeah. yeah, we're over an hour now. This is a long one. It's a good one. It's been fun. This is awesome. This was fun. I'm glad, again, I don't know how long of a drive you had to come out here. I'm in Greenfield. Oh, well then, dude, yeah, I'm on a trip. I'm 10, 15 minutes away. All right, bet. Bet. Well, dude, we definitely, we've got to try to get together outside of this and just like go get a beer or something fucking catch up and hang out and grill some burgers or something it's summertime it's right around the corner I know you're a busy guy shouldn't be as busy as last year should spread out again yeah alright final question would you rather it be spread out or have it all condensed Um, during the season I'd rather have it condensed but the off season I'd rather stretched out yeah it's just too much yeah Find like finally last week I was back on the track since November. It's just, Damn, like, it was a long, long, long wait. <laughs> so I think I'd rather have it spread. Dude, yeah, tell me about it, man. <laughs> like fuck. Last show I played was December of 2019. Yeah, yeah I'm ready. I'm ready. But that's the cool thing, though. When we get back to it, we're gonna be playing like You're fucking festivals. Yeah, like everybody else. Dude, everybody. Dude, yeah, that's the one thing that so. I'm super stoked about. Is like everybody's going to be itching to go to a show, so these shows are going to be fucking bangers, man. They're going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, but, yeah, before we go, though, Mike, please tell all three listeners of ours uh, where, where we can find you on social media, man. Anything you got to promote, promote it now, my friend. Uh, Facebook and Instagram is Michael Borden Racing, uh, along with YouTube also. Twitter is M Borden Racing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, what's the, uh, the next race or event you got going on? This weekend. Saturday, this weekend. Saturday and Sunday. Down at, uh, South Floyd. Nice. Um, 
Um, first first race for points for the season. So. Fuck yeah, man. Well, best of luck, buddy. I mean, obviously, I don't say good luck, but you, you, you know, you've been killing it. You've been killing it as of late. But obviously, it's only going to get harder. You know, the more you Absolutely. progress, the more you progress, the harder it's going to get. But I have the utmost faith in your ability to uh, to fucking wipe your balls all over everybody's face. So, uh, good luck with this upcoming season, Mike. Again, we appreciate you coming by. Uh, everybody, Facebook.com slash Dipping Milk and Cookies. Go like and share the page. Uh, Patreon.com slash Dipping Milk and Cookies. Show some support. Become a patron. Uh, Mackenzie, Marcus, Amanda, we're literally days away from unveiling, uh, what you guys have sponsored for us, so it's gonna, <laughs> Mike's is gonna turn out way better than mine, well, I'm just gonna go ahead and preface that right now, but they're both still super badass, you can yeah. actually see on the fridge right there, Mike, that's one of them right there. Okay, cool. And he's getting one of his character, kind of like the same style, but not the same style. Either way, it's gonna be dope. Uh, so again, thank you for that. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Rate, review, subscribe, please, guys. It takes you all of ten seconds to go re uh, review the podcast wherever you get your audio files, wherever you get your podcast. Five stars, fuck, four stars. I don't give a shit. Just leave a review. You don't even have to say anything in the review. Just leave some stars. It really does help us out a big hell of a lot, a whole hell of a lot, big hell of a lot. Yeah, we gotta wrap this up and get a movie. Um. Yeah, I got nothing else. You got something? Nah, except it was nice to see you, man. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah, absolutely. Fuck yeah. Until next time, everybody, be safe, stay healthy, wash your fucking hands, wear your masks. It sucks, but you gotta do it. Just do it. Uh, I love you, buddy. Love you too, man. It's good love to see you. Love you guys. Buddy. Fuck yeah. Catch you guys next week. Bye.